2: Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, it's, it's Swindon Town. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! seriously. little flick, Stroud. What a good shot! There's only one way you can get fit: is to run. And uh, most days we go out here and we run to start with, and then uh, then we play with the ball. Bar post for Shira! Goal! Yes! Wonderful goal all the way from the moment that Hazard picked him up. Four 0 That's Steve White. They're tearing it the to pieces now. Kelly is only a couple of yards away. Digby manages to push it one-handed onto the bar from the left and the right hand side, here's McLaughlin McLaughlin to try a shot it's off Gary Bennett and that is the opening goal well that's really fired up the home crowd now and Swindon buzzing here and because again rather set with that cross and the shot almost comes to Mitchell it's another goal incredible two goals in less than a minute for Swindon picked up by Ling, they've got four players forward here, Swindon Ling going alone for the moment and turns it to Moncair, it's a goal, Swindon have scored. Well played, Hobble. Care plays it back in again and no offside, and Taylor has scored, and that surely means it's the Premier League for Swindon town now. The top. trying to turn, On his man. Fuck This is crucial. a touch and shoot, yes, no bet, 2-0 Swindon. Send me off, every game, no problem, I will win this league anyway. Richard. he's hit it, and it's deflected, and Swindon turn have the lead. It's Grand Oh, it it. For Smith, who finishes it! outside the box to Moncar. good run by him, and now Mastol. That is a mad League One.
0: The FIFA World Cup finals are here and I. Think of a better way for the Love Strangers podcast to acknowledge this by making it all about Swindon Town Football Club. So sit back and enjoy listening to the links between the two, both considerable and tenuous as heck. Let's begin with a complete tangent because it would be frankly remiss of me to not highlight the fact that Swindon Town had already dominated and conquered South America a whole 18 years before the first World Cup fixture was played out. That's right, in 1912, a team including town legends Jock Walker, Len Skiller, Archie Bound, Billy Tout and Bob Jefferson played clubs and select 11s, including the de facto Argentina and Uruguay national teams. They played eight times. And here are the final scores. Combinado Norte 2, Swindon Town 2 San Estrido 1, Swindon Town 4 Combinado Sud nil, Swindon Town 2 Liga Rosarina 1, Swindon Town 3 Liga Argentina 2, Swindon Town 2 Club Atletico Estudiantes nil, Swindon Town 4, Liga Uruguaya nil, Swindon Town 3, and Argentinos 0, Swindon Town 1. It was Archie Bowne who battered our South American pals by scoring 12 of those 21 goals. Anyway, back to those pesky chaps at FIFA. Until the Football Association decided to humbly acknowledge the existence of the competition, links between our beloved Little Wiltshire Club and the pinnacle of world football are understandably minimal. Of the players who featured in England's dismal debut showing at the finals, including that famous 1-0 loss to the United States of America, only Portsmouth's long-serving Jimmy Dickinson and Chelsea great Roy Bentley would play at the county ground later in their professional careers. Portsmouth and QPR, respectively. More tenuous links from the early years of the FIFA World Cup finals include the Meesters, British coaches who travelled far and wide to educate and ultimately make our rivals better than us, like former Swindon Town inside forward Jimmy Hogan, who laid the foundations of total football. Of these pioneering coaches, four of them have links to the FIFA World Cup finals and also played at the county ground during their careers. In 1934, George Kimpton was coach of France. He played at the county ground for Southampton five times between 1911 and 1915 and lost every game. In 1934 and 1938, Bob Glenn Denning coached the Netherlands national team. He played against Swindon for Barnsley in the 1912 FA Cup semi-final and replay, kicking Harold Fleming out of the game. In 1938, Jack Butler was coach of Belgium. He played at the county ground for Torquay in 1930, Swindon winning 4-0 in front of just 3,658 fans. And finally, in 1950 and 1958, George Rayner was coach of Sweden. He played at the county ground for Oldershot in 1938 with Swindon winning 2-1 in front of a larger crowd of 11,156. He would coach Sweden to the 1958 World Cup final and if it wasn't for that Pele, it could have been a different story altogether. Proper links between Swindon Town and the FIFA World Cup finals begin from the 1958 tournament as five travelled to Sweden, either having already represented STSC or were to do so in the future. Now, many will know Danny Blanchflower is one of the greats of Northern Ireland football. He would win the first division with Tottenham Hotspur and the FA Cup with them twice and the European Cup Winners' Cup. But during the Second World War, he appeared once for Swindon Town as a wartime guest. It counts. Until the 2022 World Cup, the last time Wales appeared was in 1958. We know Jimmy Murphy through his time as coach of the Welsh national team and of course being a backroom staff member for Matt Busby at Manchester United. But you guessed it, he played four times for Swindon in 1939 all within the month of April. He made his debut in a 3-2 win against Brighton and then another victory against Northampton Town in front of 14,900 fans at the county Ground. But his final two games against Bournemouth away and Walsall at home resulted in losses 2-0 and 4-1 respectively. Norman Uprichard was a goalkeeper for Swindon in the 1950s. He played 82 times, competing for the number one shirt with the great Sam Burton. He would go on to play for Portsmouth. And he would feature in the World Cup finals for Northern Ireland in 1958 in a crucial playoff against Czechoslovakia. Northern Ireland won the game 2-1. However, he was deputy for the great Harry Gregg, who played in the first game against Czechoslovakia, along with the 3-1 loss to Argentina and the 2-2 draw to West Germany. Harry Gregg would get the number one jersey back from Uprichard in time for the quarter-finals, where France would beat Northern Ireland 4-0, a brace from World Cup legend Jules Fontaine. Harry Gregg would become assistant manager to Lou during the 1984-85 season before they fell out, and Gregg would depart the club. And finally... Not exactly the most popular figure in Swindon history, but Dave Mackay played for the club 27 times, scoring one goal and managed Swindon on 45 occasions. He played in the 1958 World Cup 2, one game for Scotland against France, a 2-1 loss playing the whole game, but he couldn't prevent the legendary Ramond Copper and Jules Fontaine from scoring goals for France. We'll talk more about managers later, but while we're on the topic of backroom staff like Harry Gregg, two other Coaches have gone to the World Cup Finals. In 1974, John Blackley would represent Scotland and play 90 minutes in the 2-0 win against Zaire. He would be Swindon Town defensive coach for Paul Sturrock between 2006 and 2007. And goalkeeper George Wood would also go to the world cup with scotland but this time in the 1982 fifa world cup finals he didn't play and he would later be appointed goalkeeper coach by danny wilson and was at the club between 2009 and 2011 nico williams running in behind johnny williams Oh,
1: what a beautiful finish by johnny williams for wales swept home with a glorious goal First for Wales on the night and a first for Johnny Williams for his country! And that was special.
0: Right, let's have some fun now. Where would Swindon Town be without a glut of lone players and trialists to really enhance our links to anything and everything, and the World Cup is no different. Let's start with Neil Webb. He had the best seat in the house as he sat on the England bench for the majority of Italian 90. However, Bobby Robson would give him 19 minutes as a sub in the third and fourth playoff game against Italy, which England would lose 2-1. Later, he would play six times for Swindon whilst on loan from Nottingham Forest in 1994. Hassan Cashoul went to USA 94 with Morocco, but didn't play a single game for the Atlas Lions and career stagnation followed in France. He turned up on trial at Swindon in September 1997 for the combination league fixture against Norwich City. Cashall scored in a 2-1 loss, but was unable to earn a contract. The following year, he moved to Southampton and would go on to play over 100 Premier League games with the Saints, Aston Villa and Wolves. South African Roy Weggerly played in the latter years of the North American Soccer League and was a star of the indoor leagues, but in 1988, he joined Swindon Town on loan from Chelsea. He played seven times for Swindon, scoring in a 2-2 draw against Bradford City. Later, Wegley would be granted US citizenship and would be a regular for six years, including selection for USA 94 and France 98. He featured as a sub in all of their games in 94 against Switzerland, Colombia, Romania and their final games as hosts against eventual champions, Brazil. Wegley featured twice in France, 25 minutes against Germany, before finally starting a game for the USA, 57 minutes in the historic 2-1 loss to Iran. By the time Dion Burton arrived at Swindon on loan from Portsmouth in 2003, he had already enjoyed a productive career in the top two tiers of English football. He featured four times for Swindon, scoring in his final game for the club against Wiccan, a 2 0 win. Burton played for Jamaica at France 98, playing all three of their group games. Also at France 98 was Tim Flowers, a backup goalkeeper for England who didn't feature, but he did play seven times for Swindon over two loan spells in 1987. Shay Gibbon was one of the stars for Ireland at the 2002 World Cup in South Korea and Japan, playing in every group game against Cameroon Germany and Saudi Arabia as they progressed to the knockout stages and a heartbreaking exit to Spain. He played on loan at Swindon in 1995 and played five games for Swindon and kept four clean sheets. In fact, the only goal he conceded was against Oxford. Now, over the last decade or so, Swindon Town's World Cup presence has relied predominantly on two loan signings. The first being Michael Carrick, who played for Swindon under Jimmy Quinn. He played 6 times for Swindon in that awful 99-2000 campaign scoring twice, one in the 2-1 loss to Charlton and the other in a 1-1 draw against Walsall, both at the County Ground. Carrick went on to play in the 2006 World Cup in Germany, playing 90 minutes against Ecuador but didn't feature again in that competition or in the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. The second was quite a coup for Swindon as Andy King used his Rolodex to convince his pal Peter Reid to loan James Milner to Swindon in 2003. Like Carrick, Milner also played six times for Swindon and also scored two goals. His first in the 2-0 win against Peterborough and his final goal in his last game for Swindon a 2-2 draw against Luton, both again at the county ground. Who knows what would have happened had Andy King convinced Peter Reed to allow James Milner to stay for the remainder of the 2003-04 season. Either way, he would represent England at the 2010 and 2014 World Cup Finals, playing against the USA, Slovenia and Germany in South Africa, and in the 0-0 draw against Costa Rica in Brazil. Ooh, that was a bad one. And finally, goalkeeper Ray Zembole appeared for Swindon as a trialist in the 2007 friendly against Hampton and Richmond. Danny Wallington scoring the only goal in a 1-0 win for town. Mboli wasn't offered a contract, but he would go on to play a lot of football at the World Cup going to the 2010 and 2014 tournaments representing Algeria. Playing in the first tournament against England, keeping a clean sheet, and the loss against the USA, but in 2014 he reached the knockout stages, playing in games against Belgium, South Korea and Russia in the group stages before getting knocked out to Germany 2-1 in extra time. Before we press on, let's enjoy another tangent and talk about the victorious English side of 1966. Only one player, George Cohen, didn't play against Swindon during his career. Yet fans of a certain vintage will want to talk about January 1967, 185 days after the World Cup final. The town had forced West Ham United, including Bobby Moore, Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst, to a replay. Jeff Hurst even scored a hat-trick in the first game, but it wasn't enough. A 3-3 draw, thanks to a Don Rogers brace and a Dennis Brown goal. 25,789 fans packed into the county ground on Tuesday, the 31st of January 1967, to see Swindon record a famous victory, a 3-1 win. Willie Penman, Don Rogers, and Ken Skeen scoring for Swindon on what would have been our biggest result of the decade had something not happened two years later. And for those wondering, 13 of the current England side have played against Swindon. Who can forget Jude Bellingham scoring a brace in a behind closed doors friendly for Birmingham City? Or Mason Mount playing at the county ground in 2016 for Chelsea under 23s in the Whatever trophy it was called at the time. Or Harry Kane coming on as a substitute for Leighton Orient in a loss for town. Gareth Southgate would only play one time against Swindon in December 1991 in the League Cup. That was for Crystal Palace and they won 1-0. And now we move on to a segment called So Close. Acknowledging those who had the World Cup at their fingertips, but it wasn't meant to be. And of course, in more recent times, there's Jojo Wallacott, who had starred for Ghana during their World Cup qualification campaign. All of those games as a Swindon player. However, whilst warming up for Charlton Athletic with just days, maybe even hours before the squad was due to be announced, he broke his finger in the warm-up and missed the tournament. Heartbreak. He plays in the fourth tier. (laughs) Factos. It's a fact!
2: And me, with all my level,
0: I, I, my life. I
2: will no, no. never, I still maintain that. He has to
0: vacate and leave that fourth year, or else he cannot be the Black Stars number one. That will
2: not, I will never change my stand on that.
0: Do we count Theo Walcott? Before Southampton, before Arsenal, before Everton, and his return to Southampton, he was a junior player at Swindon Town. He was selected for the World Cup in 2006, but didn't play in the tournament. Jimmy Quinn was selected for the World Cup in 1986, but didn't play. He got close again in '94, scoring what should have been a very famous goal against the Republic of Ireland.
2: And Dowie gets his first touch. Quinn. Worthington. Dowie again. Shields the ball well. And gets it through to Wilson. Down to Quinn. Oh, it's a wonderful strike. And inevitably it's that man, Jimmy Quinn. The North have taken the lead. And Windsor Park has erupted.
0: But then another Swindon Town link that we'll talk about a bit later on ruined his evening. Maslowongo is one of only a few players to be selected for a World Cup and be contracted to Swindon Town. That first call-up came in 2014, but he didn't make an appearance. He'd only played once before the competition. In between World Cups, he was the star and scorer of the winning goal in the 2015 Asia Cup final.
2: Well look at the pass from Sainsbury again. The pass from
0: Trent Sainsbury to bypass opposing players and put a teammate in the advantage position. And then Masluongo receives the ball with a half turn, rolls it
2: towards the target and lets rip from 20 yards. It's a beauty on Cup final night from Masluongo. An absolute beauty! And he
0: was selected again in 2018. But yet again, he didn't make an appearance. He wasn't selected for 2022. No justice. And finally, the most famous of all, if you support Wales, you might want to fast forward.
2: Goss. Speed. Was he held? Was he held? Yes! Penalty! So often in the past, Wales have suffered because of penalties in vital matches twice against Scotland. And now they're quite rightly given a penalty by a referee who was superbly placed and gave the award in an extremely calm fashion. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think there's any doubt about that penalty. Wales, with the chance to lead 2-1. Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar. Fire, I think, a little touch from Prunia. Such opportunities cannot be spurned. It's so cruel. It had to be taken, but it wasn't.
0: Yes, we'll ignore the error from Neville Southwell to allow Haji to score the first goal. And there was still plenty of time to win the game. Now, I might be biased, but over 20 years of blaming Paul Bowden for Wales's failure to qualify for the World Cup in 1994 is atrocious. Time has healed those wounds. But let us not forget, just days after that miss, he did this for Swindon in the Premier League. It's been a
1: miserable old week for Paul Bowden, a penalty miss for Wales on Wednesday. I wonder what was going through his mind seven minutes from time when he had the responsibility of earning Swindon a point after Yauds had failed Ling. Undeterred by events in Cardiff, Bowden showed great character, took aim, and this time the smash
0: paid off. But Swindon Town is
1: still looking for their first league win.
0: Yeah, yeah, all right, keep it friendly. But I think we could all agree given the circumstances that was a most satisfactory conclusion to a pretty bad week. In the next episode we'll be continuing our World Cup journey by celebrating the Swindon Town alumni, the contracted players and managers who went to World Cup finals. Until then, cheerio. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy! Thanks for listening.
2: Come on, Swindon, I a bubble. It's a grand old team to play for And it's a grand old team to see And if you know the history It's enough to make your heart go go. Oh, don't care what the Newcastle say What the hell do we care? on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: Hi LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy...